welcome to another week of the Fiber Coven podcast. We're here to talk with you about a little bit of yarny stuff and a little bit of witchy stuff. I'm Lauren from Valkyrie Fibers. And I'm Emily from Kitty with a Cupcake. Sweet. We'll kick it off with a little bit of news. We are drumming up some stuff for spooky season, and we are going to have an Instagram live on August 27th, which is a Saturday, to talk with you all about it. So uh, come see us on Instagram. Then you've got some news, too. Yes, I will be vending at the Witches Ball here in Louisville on September 3rd. It is a night event uh, and it is put on by Raven's Roost Boutique. They have sold out of VIP tickets, but they still have regular tickets. They aren't sure if they're going to be sold out by the time of the event. So if you really want to go, you might not be able to buy a ticket at the door. So maybe get your ticket now if you really want to go. Yeah. and. fun. Yeah, and there's going to be performers, there's going to be a big group ritual, there's a whole vendors hall, people are dressing up. I think it's going to be really fun. I'm excited about it. They're going to make it an annual event of Spooky Witchy Times, and it will be awesome. I am also doing a virtual event. If you are not located in Louisville and you want to hang out with me, I will be doing BizBaz Club's Doki Day on August 31st, uh, which is a virtual event with lots of fun artists, pin makers, sticker people, that kind of thing. And I will be doing a pop shop live event on August 31st. As part of that, there will be uh, like free BizBaz stickers that you can get in orders if you place an order for that event. So sign up for my email list if you want more info on that. Yay. Yay. Sweet. On to the content. We awesome. both finished something this week. Uh huh. Am I willing to guess we both finished a garment this week? Yes. <gasps> Who wants to go first? Uh, I'll go first. Um, mine is less <laughs> exciting. I finished my fourth Ghibli inspired ripple bralette. Nice. This one's for my friend. Um, I used the contrast color for the bands. I just knit until I ran out. I did put this in my. Um, mitered square blanket first though because I wanted to have a memento of it this is the merry-go-round life set and it is just the ripple bralette by Jesse made designs with cross back straps and I'm gonna mail it off as soon as we're done recording do it up that's awesome yeah yeah I only have one more of these sock sets left and it's the Kiki's delivery one which I liked the best which I'm selfishly holding on to i only I have know. one more left too but mine is the totoro one i haven't used yet mm-hmm. yeah i don't know if i'm gonna do another bralette pair but i might i might save it for some more stirrup socks for working out and for just me because i'm selfish that's okay <laughs> which is good mm-hmm. it's good to save some of your nice things for you sweet what did you finish so i finished your mount pleasant top it's inside out because I am like halfway done with weeping at the end. So I was trying to get all of the ends done for recording, but I didn't. So that's okay. Yes. But yes, I bound it off last night. <gasps> Here it is. It looks so cute. Oh my gosh. And it's a light grayish purple little crop top with lace borders and short little sleeves and little bits of ribbing at the neckline and the sleeve line. It's very cute. I think it's really soft and you will like to wear it. Yes, I tried it on, and I think based on how small it was on me, it will be perfect on you. I wanted to make sure that like it covered my boobs, because if it covers my boobs, it's going to cover your boobs just fine. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's going to fit you very nicely, I think. Uh, I am going to finish weaving in the ends and put it in the mail for you 
after this because I'm going on a trip tomorrow and I want you to have it. But I'm not going to block it because I figure right. if you can block it to make it longer or wider, whatever you prefer. Yeah, we have discovered that when you're knitting for a friend that who is also a knitter, that this is a really good practice for garments. Just send it to them unblocked and let them block it to their preferred fit. It really works out. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh. But yeah, I knit this in Knit Picks Capretta, which is their merino cashmere nylon base. And this is the Magnolia Heather color. So it is like a very like pinky purple with bits of gray heathered in there. And I think it just looks really nice. I think it's going to be a super cute top with some of your little leggings and skirts and stuff and Mm -hmm. now I don't know what to bring with me on vacation (laughs) this this is wise it's a problem (laughs) do you I mean there's always socks I have a pair of socks in progress but I'm on the second sock so I can't just bring one sock that would be bad my goodness I know I have an in-progress ripple bralette that I like mm-hmm. abandoned last summer. I, mm-hmm. I who knows where I am on that, but I could just toss that in and see where I that am would on be good. that. I have my color work elemental cowl that I have abandoned. We both abandoned that like at the same time. I don't think I want to bring that because I don't think I want to do no. stranded color work. And no. I have the lace shawl that I started making for my mom that is now like two years late that I don't think I want to bring back because I'm beating it and it's 100% silk. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I say the bralette then. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't know. If it were me, (laughs) I would bring the socks because you're going for a a short week or a long weekend, basically. I mean, it's a whole week because I'm leaving tomorrow and coming back on Wednesday. Yeah. So a week. If it were me, I'd bring the bralette, the socks and backup sock yarn. Yeah. I was thinking about just throwing a Zauber ball in there because then I don't have to like wind it or anything. So if I don't get it, it's okay. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, that's definitely an option. I was wondering if I should bring my cross stitch project. I don't know. I'm like, for, I'm nervous about bringing the cross stitch project in public because I like don't want it to like get spilled on or get wet or anything. But it's yeah. small, so, so it's like if that one gets wet or something, it's not the end of the world. And you can wash and clean them. Yeah, I don't know. I I'm mean... weird. <laughs> I might not bring a cross stitch on a boat on a boat yeah that's fair um I just think I'm gonna get bored (laughs) I would Uh, just feel bad if I lost a needle like on a deck you know yeah that's true yeah I just like I'm worried that I'm gonna get bored with like just vanilla sock knitting kind of stuff and I'm gonna be like eh I don't want to work on this I must admit, I would be bring the beaded lace shawl before I brought stranded color work on. Oh God, a... I'm not bringing the beaded lace shawl. Okay. If I drop that, well, it's silk, which is plantish. I, I and... will. Okay. be so annoyed. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, if I drop stitches, uh, no, that thing doesn't come in public. Fine, <laughs> fine, fair. Um, yeah, I didn't know if I should like panic cast on a shawl 
something. Do you have another vanilla macaron idea? Because that would be something. So I don't, but like I could, like I I have made all of them just like on the go, like on the fly doing what I feel like doing. So I could just do that again. That might be good because you might be sipping a pina colada on a tropical location and have an inspiration for for that. So you could cake that up and cake up a sock set and bring it. Yeah. And have that be your backup. That's true. I think my only like, well, my only sock set, I think one of the sock sets I have is that Totoro cheaply mm-hmm. yarn, which the other two did become macaron shawls. Yes. I'm also probably going to quickly abandon whatever this thing is because I have to work on our MCAL project, but I you don't do. think I'm going to work on that on the boat because I haven't like charted it yet. So mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I'll chart it a bit. Flail. Decisions, decisions. Flail. <laughs> yeah. Well, it seems like the, the vanilla socks and the ripple are good to bring. Mm-hmm. And then you need a backup, which could either be, yeah, a backup of your choosing. Mm-hmm. It's a good plan. I did already wind them, Cal Yarn. Maybe, maybe. Mm-hmm. You can chart, you can work on charts while you're there. I don't want to, though. Okay. Yeah. No <laughs> charts and vacation don't it, go good it together. It requires a lot of braining to make a chart for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I see that. I see that. <sighs> Well, Sigh. you have the root. You have the scaffolding of a plan. Sure. Anyway, on to what we're working on. Yeah, I'm working on nothing. That was my what I'm working on. I'm working on figuring oh. out what I should do. <laughs> I've been working on a couple things. I did a little bit on my massive color work avatar design. I don't know. It's hard to show off. Yeah, look, there's all... some Fire Nation Ooh, symbols. Those look good. I love the Fire Nation symbols. Yeah, I'm in a little Fire Nation color. I have to work through this kind of set and then another. Um, then I'll be back to my air colors. And I think that's where I'm going to graft it together at the next join. Nice. Um, yeah. So I've only worked on this a little bit because I got obsessed with a new project. I cast it on at Knit Group last Saturday. And I have not stopped knitting on my Ripple Halter. Ooh. Yeah, this one came out a couple months ago, again, by Jesse Mayed, who's Ripple Designs. I can't stop knitting. It's super stretchy. I was looking, I spent lots of time stalking people's projects. And I like the looks of this project best in solids or tonals. I don't like the super variegated look because pooling can happen because you're changing your uh, stitch count quite a lot. It's also a lot of working back and forth versus working in the round. Yeah, you're working back and forth through the neck and the back, and then you join it in the round. And I really like this bust detailing. Uh, I think that's going to make it look super flattering. And I'm just going to go until I run out of yarn is my plan. Nice. Because I was... That one is top down, so you can do that. Yeah. Yeah. I was definitely playing yarn chicken. I'm using, I'm doing the second size for me. I think it's, I've tried it on. I think it's going to fit great, but it's definitely some yarn chicken. So I am glad that it is top down. So that seems to work well. And I'm using this awesome naturally dyed yarn um, from Pachinko, which a friend picked up for me on vacation in Peru. Nice. Yeah. It's dyed by a plant called Kinsakuchu. 
And the colorway is Terroncillo, which I pronounce like a really noxious Spanish person. But yeah, I'm excited. This uh, this yarn has 30% mulberry silk content. So I think it's going to be really, really nice for a summer, soft and for a summery thing. And part of me is thinking that if I like the fit of this, I'm not too, I'm not sure how I'll, how much I'll like the side boob going on, but I think this would be cute as a little short sleeve top too. Yeah. You never know. Oh, sigh. That's all I've been working on. I've been obsessively working on this. Yeah. It's, it's almost done. <laughs> it is almost done. I have used up a good 60, 70% of this yarn. I am below the bust. It's a hoot. It's. Uh, it's really simple and cleverly put together, like all of Jessie Mae's patterns. Yay! Yay! Love her garments. Sweet. And you, you really haven't been working on anything? I finished this. I know. <laughs> what? I was trying to get this done. Yeah. No, it's really I cute. I worked on anything. I did the whole back panel and all the shaping and all the sleeves. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. you. monster. oh well we both didn't acquire anything this week so we can talk about occult corner and we jumped into a topic that we realized was too big for one day so we'll be talking about this one for uh this podcast and the next and we are going to talk about Wiki boards or talking boards or spirit boards, all different names for the same concept. And if you want to give us the rough outline on what that is. Yeah. So a Ouija board board or a spirit board is basically just a board that uh, typically has the whole alphabet and all of the numbers on it. It often has a yes and a no on it separately of the letters and numbers and sometimes has hello and goodbye on it maybe some other symbols and it's published by parker brothers games and uh ouija is actually their trademark which is why it's also known as a spirit board and a talking board but people do colloquially use ouija to refer to the whole spirit board genre not just the branded parker brothers ones so like kleenex like kleenex or escalator oh i didn't know that that was one too Yes. Uh, well, sometimes they like take away their uh, trademark because it's like become so colloquially used. But yes, Escalator was once a trademark, but now that's just what we call that thing. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I learned that today. So, yes. As an adolescent, did you attempt to contact spirits with a Ouija board? For sure. Yeah, we definitely did that. Um, and it's like, I don't know. Who knows what we asked it, but it's just like that group game of like, are you moving it? No, I'm not moving it. And it's like scooting around mm-hmm. on a little board, spelling nonsense or whatever. Yeah. I know you had a relatively Catholic upbringing. Uh, how uh, taboo was it for you as a youth? I don't think I told my mom that we did that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But I wasn't like actively told to not do that thing either. Okay. Mm-hmm. I grew up atheist. I definitely owned one as an adolescent and did, I did all not the- own one. Mm. Maybe I mm-hmm. did eventually, like in high school, someone might have gifted me one or something, but yeah. Yeah. It 
it was fun. And we definitely, me and my little friends asked it questions about whether our crushes liked us. That's what we did too, I think. That sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I quickly being a little atheist questioner of everything was like, this is made out of cardboard and plastic by Parker Brothers. Like, I don't think it's real. Mm-hmm. As much as I wanted, you know, as much as we all had a, like an occult phase in our youth, I definitely yeah, thought of it just as a fun toy and mm-hmm. not a spiritual thing, which like anything in our lives, it's all about your intentions and like the sort of things you're bringing to any sort of uh, practice or activity. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very like we did uh, like light, light as a feather, stiff as a board same kind mm-hmm. of thing mm-hmm. i did that too not having seen the craft it was just like in mm-hmm. i guess yeah, we, our... i hadn't seen the craft either when we did that mm-hmm. it was just like a thing mm-hmm. yeah oh it just reminds me about pen 15's episode where they dabble in witchcraft it's so funny <laughs> it just really makes me realize what we must have looked like as little middle schoolers yeah i found a spell <laughs> on the internet oh my goodness but oh and i should say it was published by parker brothers but it is now published by hasbro just Mm -hmm. because corporate america they're all eating each other all the time these things happen so today we were going to talk about the history and we're going to save talk of like modern both modern media representations and cultural representations as well as modern practices in our next episode. I think we both fell down so many internet rabbit holes while we were looking at this. It's so funny because like last week we did Obsidian and we were like, there's not a ton on this. It's lava. Cool. Uh But there was so much about Ouija boards. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Such a cultural impact. Mm -hmm. I definitely globbed on to the the practice of Fuji writing or planchette writing, which came from ancient China, which I thought was really neat. It's a really similar shape to the planchette. It's basically a arrow shaped stick with a shaft coming down out of the point of it that one or more people can use to write in sand. It's really cool if you want to look up how uh, videos of people doing it. I think it's neat. It's, It's the same concept of you know, multiple people are touching the writing implement. You don't, you don't quote unquote know whether you're go, what you're going to get. It was, this was a practice used in China from very far back, but it was very popular during the Ming dynasty. Definitely showed up in writings as early as 1100 AD. And the um, planchette style stick was used to write either on a sand table or in the ashes of incense. And it required definitely multiple people. There was one or two people that were holding the planchette. There was somebody who was smoothing over the sand or incense in between each character that was written. And then somebody who interpreted it. And then somebody who recorded it, which is very similar to how people say you should do things with a modern talking board and it was prohibited it was became a prohibited practice during the king dynasty in the 1600s but it is definitely still used in modern taoist culture to this day and like i said definitely look up some videos it's super cool nice that's awesome Mm -hmm. and then as far as american and western use of this thing this definitely came up during spiritualism 
Yes, yes. It became popular during the height of spiritualism, during like popular seances, uh, when spiritualism was really at its height and the Fox sisters were really at their height, like doing their tour and spiritualist thing. This is when spirit boards became more common household objects. There is actually a May 1920 issue of the Saturday Evening Post that has a Norman Rockwell painting of a couple using a spirit board at a table. And it is like normal sauce. Like it is presented like this is normal American life. It is not like, ooh, look at this creepy thing these people are doing, which I thought was a very interesting thing for 1920. Basically, Parker Brothers was like, oh, I see people making these things. We could mass produce that and you know, publish it and make more money off of it. So that's when they came up with the idea for making the Ouija board, the official Ouija board. And there are a couple different uh, name (laughs) uh, origin stories. So originally, Charles Kennard, who was the founder of Kennard Novelty Company, said that it was an ancient Egyptian word, meaning good luck. And, uh, he doesn't really have anything to back that up. He pulled that out of his butt, basically. As a white person saying they're naming something after an ancient Egyptian word are prone to do. So later, Fold took over this dude uh, who was more associated with Parker Brothers. And he started saying that it came from a combination of the word for yes in French and German. So we in French and ya in German spells Ouija. We we pronounce it Ouija, but it's spelled Ouija with an A. That isn't actually where it came from, according to yet another person (laughs) who was the sister-in-law of one of the uh, game producers who was in into spiritualism and like was a practicing spiritualist her name was helen peters and she did a table sitting with the board and they asked the board what they should call it and the name uh we g came through and they asked what it meant and the board replied good luck so maybe this is where that kind of like egyptian apocryphal story came in who knows who knows which of these is real so she Helen Peters said she was wearing a locket with a with a woman in it and uh, she like kept picturing the word Ouija over this woman's head so they like decided it was her name but also it was possible that the person in the locket was this famous author and women's right activist Ouida um, (laughs) with a D instead of a J Uh, and so like it might have been a misspelling of that that was in people's subconscious because she was wearing this locket but that those are some of the mysterious ways that the name could have come from mysterious stories only increase the mystery of the item exactly yeah definitely looked through some pictures of some old talking boards and they this is one we talked about briefly before recording they often had all sorts of symbols on them there was one unfortunately timed Ouija board that had a bunch of symbols, including a swastika. It was made in 1920, and that was uh, quickly changed in updates because apparently before it was around the same time. So before 1920, the swastika was a pretty common good luck symbol that 
uh, Westerners used. And then around 1920s is when Hitler decided he wanted to use that. Uh, on the original Ouija board, I, I'm guessing, well, it's not the original. It was made in the 20s. Mm-hmm. The originals were made in the late 1800s. Um, but in this 1920s one, I'm guessing the intent was not that this guy was an early Nazi supporter because there was a star of David as well mm-hmm. on the board. He was uh, just putting some random symbols on there. Yeah. And it was, um, like I said, in the next version, they took the swastika off, but the star of David remained. And if this guy was in any way related to the Nazi party, I don't think that that would have been how that happened. Legit. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting. It's like, Oh, yikes. <laughs> Bad timing for that. Uh, that producer yeah Mm -hmm. my only other pop culture thing i had was that it appears in an i love lucy episode uh they use the spirit board which again i thought that that was pretty lighthearted and silly compared to like what my perception of the spirit board was growing up which i think we're gonna talk about in our next episode about ouija boards yeah so that's what we got as far as the history and the background, definitely ancient Chinese traditions as, and then American spiritualism. And then it became a something entirely different in modern American culture. And we're excited to talk about that next week, as well as, you know, modern ways that these things are used and as more and some like little psychology aspects to it. Mm-hmm. Sweet. So hopefully you'll come and hang out with us next week to learn more. And we're excited to talk about it, but we do have a little promo. We are doing a Halloween themed advent calendar. Tell us all about it, Emily. It's called the trick or treat advent and it is up on my website right now for pre-order. It is a 13 day Halloween countdown calendar. You get 12 hard enamel charms they're all designed by me you get a bracelet so you can put those charms on a little bracelet and have a cute halloween accessory or you can use them as progress keepers in your knitting if you desire and then on halloween you get a limited edition enamel pin designed by me you can also add on a sock set that lauren has dyed up that goes with the overall halloween spooky fun theme i also have a matching bag that you can get if you want to have a whole matching project bag sock set situation so you can check that out all the details are on my website that is going to ship in early september Uh, so if you want one go get it yeah, go sign up for that thing. I think it's going to be really fun. I just got done dyeing all the yarn for it. And I think everybody is going to be happy with it. It's spooky and fun. And if you're looking to find us anywhere around the internet, if you're looking for show notes for this, links to that trick-or-treat advent, my yarn, Emily's merch or patterns, head on over to fibercoven.com and it'll direct you to where you need to go. Another place it might direct you is our Patreon where we do a whole nother podcast talking about different stuff and you'd get access to our discord which has an excellent coven of witchy folks in it so once again fibercoven.com thank you so much for spending some time with us and until next week keep making yarn magic bye bye